Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit. And I am Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Uh, all right. Today is Thursday, September 23rd, 2021 from South Boston and Morizona, North Carolina. It is I, Kevin hosting with my good friend martin i really don't know how to start shows fuck i'm sorry uh we don't have to restart but i really but hey uh soccer happened <laughs> soccer's here soccer's back uh, soccer's all around us we know what man. we're doing i gotta get better at this this is like almost 300 episodes in you would think you would think <laughs> Um, but yeah, guys, uh, we were off last week. Everything, you know, the fall season has been really busy with Martin and I for work and moving and all sorts of stuff going on in personal lives. So we apologize. We're trying to get back to a bi-weekly, uh, schedule, but Hey, we're here. We're going to cover all the match week, uh, five, right? We're on five. Yeah. Match week five action. Um, and also go over some topics through the week. And we also have some fan questions. But before we get into that, Martin, how the hell are you? I'm pretty good, man. I, I wish you guys could have seen Kevin and I's text messages and, and calls to each other last week. Or like, all right, can you do it tonight? Yeah. And then something would come up. And then the other person would text the other day. <laughs> hey, can you do it tonight? Yeah. And then something would come up. And we oh, literally man. played that game every single day of last week. And Hot so, tag. That, yeah, that's. <laughs> That's on us, guys. I'm sorry. We just could not get our schedules to work out. Um, but I'm I'm so happy to be back. Fucking a great break from getting all greasy and dirty uh, with cars to talk to my friend about some motherfucking soccer, yo. Um, and Kev, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't open up with some news of the week. Some news Ooh, some for your spicy. ears. Oh, Do you want to uh, start in uh, Italy, England, uh, or France? Yeah. Um, let's start with the Sopranos fucking pineapple on pizza, Siri. Uh, um, that's what Juventus is right now. <laughs> pineapple on pizza. They are sometimes bad. very good. Sometimes very shit. Sometimes very good. But, uh, I, I dude, uh, Juventus Twitter is down bad. Juventus in general is down bad, but they, their fans are not doing well. Um, are they still in the relegation zone? Did they? No, they're in 12th now. As 12th of, now? Like, four o'clock today. Okay, so they won today? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Last started, I saw, they were tied to Spezia. Okay, but they started off of, like, two losses and a draw or something like that. It was a very, it was, like, the worst start in, like, 60 years or something like that to uh, Juventus. But, yeah, not great. You know who's doing great? Josie Mourinho. Just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Josie thriving back in Serie A with Roma. I think he's in fourth right now. Yeah, he's in fourth and a game behind. And, I mean, Juventus with Maximilian Allegri back at the wheel is floundering down in 12th. And and let's be honest, this is like if Manchester City or Chelsea were in, in 12th place after four games. Like, we all know they're going to pull, pull through and be just fine. Um, but I, I think everybody's kind of shocked about this. I know all those Juventus fans saying, we don't need Ronaldo. He's He was washed up. He's, he's not carrying our team. He's more of a liability. Well, shit, guys. <laughs> Looks like you might have needed Ronaldo. Um, yeah, we'll get to Ronaldo. Four goals in three games. Hey, you know, um, aging like a very, very fine wine. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. Juventus is, uh, they got all sorts of issues. And um, I've also heard rumors that they might need another uh, 
okay midfielder. Her Grant is Jaka's linked with Juventus now. I've heard <laughs> all sorts of crazy things where it's just, you know, um, like, I don't think that's your issue, guys. I don't think yeah. that's it. Um, yeah, no, I, it is crazy when a team that has just been so dominant in their league is just doing so poor, which I, I don't know. If, I don't really have too much about Juventus besides like, hey, uh, get it together. Um, but I wanted to use that transition to also talk about another team that's always been dominant in their league, Barcelona, which uh, are absolutely, you know, dropping the fucking bag on that one. Yeah, um, and and real quick, I, I I think we would be remiss if we didn't um, highlight the teams around um, Juventus that are or are, are mm-hmm. overachieving, um, like Inter Milan, uh, Roma uh, behind Jose Mourinho, and uh, Ace Milan and Napoli, all top four uh, players, and Edin motherfucking Jacko. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo obviously gets all the love, all the credits for kicking ass at old age. Edin Jacko has three goals and one assist through four games in the Serie A. And I swear to God, that man has been playing soccer since I started watching Manchester City become a team. I mean, the fact that he's still doing it, I kind of scoffed at his move this summer, leaving Roma to go to Inter. I was like, you guys are replacing Lukaku with Edin Dzeko? Okay. But Yo, I mean, prove slaps. me wrong, my Serbian friend. Prove me wrong and wrong and wrong. I feel like Edin Dzeko is going to be one of those Twitter things or like Instagram things. The streets won't forget. <laughs> he's going to be one of I mean, he kind of disappears but, and then he... Always kicks ass. Like only true ballers know who this is. <laughs> you know, the streets I mean? don't forget. Oh, oh, if you know, if you know ball, you know who this guy is. I feel as though <laughs> that's going. Edin Dzeko is going to be a big one of those. Uh, which he's just he's been in class. Like he's always been. I would say a B to B plus player for you know his longevity is he, he, it's underrated. So it good, good, good for him. Um, yeah, I. I, I don't know what's, uh, you know, this is probably the most we've ever talked together about Syria in a while. And it's mostly because Juventus is doing such shit. But hey, it's the same as you said, though, Martin. I totally agree with you. I like Allegri a lot. I've been clamoring for him at Arsenal for fucking a, years now, even when Arsene Wenger was there <laughs> uh, towards True. the end. So I think he's still a great manager. I think if anyone who's going to ride that ship, especially the guy who didn't he win like five straight with them, something like that. Yeah, it was the one who built the ship steered the ship and then got mutinized off the ship and now he's back to save the ship like i have the utmost faith in him i mean maybe they won't win the title again inter milan napoli and ace milan are all all true contenders regardless of how well or poorly juventus is doing so i think this is going to be another fun ride in the serial uh i just love the gossip man because I don't, I, I'm obviously a Ace Milan fan just because of liking the color red back in 2004. Um, but I don't have any true allegiance to any singular team, so it's it's fun for me to kind of peek in, see what these sweaty meatballs are doing, and then shut that door real quick just in time for the Prem to come back. Um, but Kev, we've been hinting at it, and I really want to talk some shit about Barcelona. Can we? Can <laughs> we? Can we tell the people the bad news? Oh my God, dude, it is. Dire days, dire fucking days for Barcelona right now. Um, Ronald Koeman had that dumbass quote a few weeks ago where he was like, I am the only one who can keep this thing together. What did he say? He had some dumbass quote. And since then, they have not won a game. Um, Oh, he said, thanks to me, the club has a future. Uh, That's uh, not great. And it's not like 
you can point to, you know, maybe one singular player that held it all together. I don't know, maybe um, <laughs> that may have been, you know, pretty crucial to the squad. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know what to say about Barcelona besides yikes. That's a, they're just, they're just, uh, you know, when you're playing Dijon up top, like, what are we doing? Yeah. And I mean, I think the criticism of Ronald Koeman is, is completely warranted. I don't think he is the right coach for Barcelona. It's certainly not at this time. Um, and certainly not as a, as a transition coach to kind of see over Messi's departure and, and the rebirth of this team. But I do not think the buck stops with him. I think you guys got to, I mean, all the Barca fans, all the La Liga fans, all the soccer fans got to go back years and years <clears throat> to kind of watch this uh, declination of a wonderful uh, and history uh, club in slow motion. I mean, I think the fault lies within the board of chairmen themselves through failed transfer windows, through the over and complete reliance on a singular player. I, I think his name starts with a meh and it's, it's, you know, it's it's messy now that he's gone. Um, you know it's, what? It's really I, can messy I... with a why that this player that we speak of is gone. And I, I think that that over the past three, four years, this has all been coming to a hurdling. We've all seen it coming right now. We're living it. Huh? It just it, it's, it feels as though we've all seen this coming. But like we still had that like, ah, uh, Barcelona is bigger than a club. Like we've all had that kind of feeling. You know what I mean? But to actually see it happen, you're like, oh. Okay, like this, it felt very it, abrupt, and uh, I don't know. I don't think anyone kind of prepped me for this talk to talk about how bad Barcelona is. I mean, look at this starting lineup: Martin, Coutinho, Depay, Demir, uh, Roberto, De Jong, uh, Garcia. I mean, Dest is nice, but the only two players that really stick out here is Busquets and Ter Stegen. I mean, De Jong, yeah. I, I I do rate Memphis has been all right, but like. If we're talking about Barcelona, like do I, I think the only two players that could make out of the past two decades, like uh, maybe not even the starting lineup would be Busquets and Tristegan. Everyone else doesn't even come close. Yeah, and even with Piquet, I mean, we saw it in in the um, Champions League game against uh, Bayern Munich. Piquet is well past his prime at this point, a shadow of his former self. You've still got Jordi Alba who is being forced to play out of position and, and getting booed by fans for it. So I don't think anybody in this Barcelona camp is having a good time with what's happening right now. Um, if, if I could equate it to something, and, and Kev, no hate towards you, but I would equate uh, Barcelona currently to the immediate months and years after Arsene Wenger left. I mean, yeah. I don't think that anybody truly, truly grasped how many cracks uh, Messi was holding together. How many cracks this older and aging team of of biscuits of uh, PK um, were holding together, working as one to kind of kind of hide everything from the public view, uh, and throwing in players like Serginho Dest, who is certainly not a Barcelona player, but you have enough talent around him to cover up his mistakes. And now, I mean, I don't think there is anywhere near enough talent on the pitch to cover up the absolute cracks in this team, absolute cracks in the leadership acts, absolute craps cracks in the management of this team. And it's, it's literally gone to shit at this point. And, and Kev, we talked about this a couple pods ago. Uh, I sent you the picture of the Arsenal squad in 2014 and like, it's a entirely different vibe looking at that picture and, and like all the Barcelona fans, 
I want you to pull up a picture of Barcelona 2017. And I mean, the team is, has been fractured. The team has been sold. This is not a team that you recognize with greatness. And like I said, you know, just a couple minutes ago, I, I do not think Ronald Koeman is the answer to their qualms. But at, at the same time, Kev, I don't think there's a coach in this world that can bring Barcelona back to their pedigree within two seasons. I mean, this is a broken club in my eyes. Yeah, this is going to be some real rebuilding. This is going to take some time. And I don't want to be like freak out Barcelona fans because, come on, guys, you've had a pretty nice for the past two decades. So I don't think. (laughs) Yeah, 20 years has been pretty okay. You literally had the best player of all time for the majority of it. Um, so just know that it's, you know, it's a process. I'm a 76ers fan. Trust the process. Um, and yeah, we don't have to get into that. Um, and (laughs) you know, just realize where your issues are. It's I think it's with the board. I believe it's with Ronald Komen. So, you know, when you have that at such a high top level, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's going to take a lot of fan, you know, persuasion, you know, when the sales stop coming and, you know, fan attendance starts dropping. I mean, you know, it'll it'll when you start hurting people's wallets, that's when change starts to happen, you know. So I feel as though I think you guys just need to bring back your get into the reality of the situation. Like I did as an Arsenal fan. It took me a while to get into reality of like, oh, this is who we are. OK, <laughs> and you just you just you just. You buckle in and you go, all right, well, you know, bring down those expectations. So just just know that Atletico is on a different level. I think Sevilla is better at right now. I think uh, shout out to our friend Scott. That's for you. Um, And several other clubs. I mean, I think Real Madrid, even when they lost Ronaldo, have done a great job of still, you know, not being at that level of that three P Champions League team. But, you know, it wasn't like a Grand Canyon of a drop off, you know, so. No, no. and I think that's uh a damn good point. And I do think that, you know, clubs uh, like Chelsea, for an example, like Real Madrid, they've always had contingency plans when either their star coach or their star player leaves. And it, it feels like Barcelona were just riding the coat heels of, of uh, the player that shall not be mentioned. Um, <laughs> and, and just expecting a plan to unfold before he retired. I don't think anybody saw him uh, leaving, PS, uh, leaving for PSG let alone having to leave this club because of financial fucking woes. Um, so I, I think that they were wholly unprepared for Messi's departure, um, wholly unprepared for life without Messi. And I think this is quite gen- genuinely just every single thing that has has gone wrong wrong in the you know past three, four years coming to a full tilt right now. And it's, it's, it's a struggle bus. You guys are the dumpster fire. Like, you guys are... A dumpster fire right now and i don't think we have ever said those words in the history of this podcast the history of my life regarding barcelona it's bad bad though yeah like even when they got knocked out of the champions league of the past few years like i was sort of like i was still like oh okay like you know like unlucky or you know um even when they got throttled by Bayern or that comeback by Liverpool, you know, for something, the, what was it? The Roma comeback. I went, all right, that's just a bit unlucky. They're still a very good squad. Now I'm just like, oh, this is just a bad squad. Um, um, I mean, I, I, I would say probably like a B minus squad, but nowhere to the level that it once was. So I don't know. I'm just feeling kind of bad for some of the older Barcelona heads on there. Like you said, Jordi Alba, Busquets and PK where it's like, ah, fuck, like, 
I don't think those three together are going to be able to hold this ship together. So, um, okay. I, I do want to mention some other new stuff. I have two things for you real quick, Martin, before we get into our match week, uh, recap. Um, one, Phil Jones was in the news. Did you see about this? I saw that he was trending and promptly ignored it. Oh, okay. I know you're not the biggest Phil Jones fan, but it was really cool. I think he had an interview with uh, The Athletic or The Guardian, some sports magazine, kind of talking about his time, you know, at Manchester United, where he was kind of a meme. We'll be honest. Like, he was kind of, you know, the butt of a lot of jokes and, you know, the whole header on the ground thing. And he's kind of a goofy guy. Never really lived up to expectations that kind of Sir Alex lived up to after, you know, he won the Premier League. Um, but he talked about it. He opened up about his mental health and how that affected him. And he had this really good quote that I want to share. He said, when my career finishes and I'm enjoying my life, the keyboard warriors that troll me online will still be in their mom's spare bedroom, sipping Pepsi. That's flat eating pot noodles, sitting in their boxers, tweeting. So he's goddamn right. Like, I mean, that that's the thing that I think makes me truly and wholeheartedly not give two total shits about social media in general. Like, for all, and this this extends to, you know, fucking all types of, of abuse out there. Like, at the end of the day, this guy is more successful than you could ever fucking imagine. This guy has played for, played for and played with some of the greatest players of all time. He's won uh, medals, he's won trophies, and y'all are just fucking memeing the shit out of him. At the end of the day, he is 100 times uh, the man that you guys uh, seem to be. Um, and I mean, shit, obviously at the end of the day, he's going to win out. And I, I think that's a great fucking example of how you should respond to all these trolls. And I mean, let the haters know. Yeah. I, I mean, shit, like enjoy fucking wanking off in your one bedroom apartment and <laughs> thinking of your high school girlfriend, you fucking loser. Oh, yeah, I'm going to cry myself to sleep over winning a Premier League fucking medal. Oh, no, I didn't play that much for Manchester United, the greatest football club in history. Wow, I wish I did some things different. So, yeah, power to Phil Jones, power to all those fucking people who, who kind of rise above this social media bullshit. Um, and, and remember, at the end of the day, you guys are sitting behind a computer tweeting shit. He's out there playing soccer. So who really won you losers? Yeah, this includes us too. So I mean, I, I oh, don't yeah. Mean, yeah. So don't think like I'm we're above myself right in there. I'm speaking yeah. to myself, you fucking loser. But but we're but we're self aware of this, so we're above yeah. it. Yeah, it makes it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other news I had was the uh, vice president of Suriname. Uh, who I knew six, you were going to bring this up. <laughs> who, is, who is sixty years old, Martin? Sixty years old to the day. Uh, is playing in a CONCACAF league against Olympia tonight, captaining the team he owns. Um, have you seen the picture of this guy just out there with the He's little got belly? A belly? He's and, got a big old belly. He's been and, well fed. Um, incredible. I, I mean, good for him. If I owned a fucking club, and I mean, everyone's just saying this is so CONCACAF, Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it is peak. It is peak CONCACAF. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I pretty, pretty funny. Um, also, Pochettino subbed off uh, Messi. So shout out to having big balls, Poch. Shout out to having yeah. the balls and then winning the game when you subbed them off. I mean, 
Jeez, I, I don't have that in me, so good for you. Fucking even Pep came out and, and talked about that. He was like, one thing I learned in, in coaching Messi is you never take off Messi. I'm surprised he took off Messi. Um, so, I, I mean, shit, dude. It takes some cojones to take off uh, the best player in, in uh, history. I, it's, it's some serious cojones. Um, but I, I must add, for the people that do like the statistics, uh, for the GOAT head-to-head, one player plays in the greatest league in the world. One plays in the sixth best league in the world. One's 36, one's 34. One has scored four goals. One has scored zero. Neither have any assists. I mean, shoot, dude. Mario, uh, he hasn't even made up. his his away debut in his away uniform. So oh, it has it's it, oh, it hasn't even oh, counted. It's the away debut that kicks it all off. That's all yeah, bad. my bad. These these first three games do not count. Obviously, gotcha. they will show up in the stat book. But if you're if you know ball, you know that uh, these first <laughs> you're three, part of the streets. Yeah, the streets won't forget these first. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, all right, let's get into our match week uh, five review. Um, we'll start off with the Saturday games. Um, yeah, I guess the big uh, talking point, I guess, from the Saturday match would be, I don't know, I guess Man City dropping points against Southampton after the whole pep fiasco, uh, criticizing the fans. Um, do you want to get a little fans. do you want to get a little into that? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's give some context real quick. Uh Big old bald man himself, Pep Guardiola, came out and and he called all the city fans, all eight of them from their nooks and crannies across the world. He's like, why don't you come watch this team? And uh, so, I mean, I think this is the first time in a good ever, maybe, that the Eddie had was completely full. The fucking music was bumping. The fucking eight fans were cheering. Uh, he paid 60,000 <laughs> other love people this. to show up. Wearing you love this blue. so much. <laughs> Rosie, this is all for you, baby. Um, and you know what? In in front of actual fans, which I don't think any of these players have experienced before. I mean, choke fucking city, Ralph Husselhoff. What a job, son. What an absolute legend. And to be fair, Southampton has taken points off uh Chelsea, Manchester United, and Manchester City. So I mean, shoot, are they the new foxes of 2017? Are they just world beaters right now? Um, no, that's Brighton. Brighton Truth. is the top. We'll get to, we'll get to our gay seagulls, Potter and the Potter and the gang. But dude, yeah, Kev, I, we held out. We held out. We did. Gay seagulls. <laughs> they're they're our Bitcoin. We held on. <laughs> they're our fucking AMC GameStop. We held the line. Yeah. Um. Wow. Wait a wait. A good thing we bet on them at the beginning uh-huh. of the season. Um. But no, I think. The Pep thing kind of got blown out of proportion by everybody. I feel like Pep, because I think it was the Champions League game for the Red Bull Leipzig. Like it was the first Champions League game at home. The fans should have been there. It was a midweek game. And he was just being like, you know, like if we're going to be a big club, we should have our fans there. You know, I mean, the guys come from Barcelona and then also Bayern Munich. So he knows what it's like to be at, the, you know, the biggest clubs in those countries. Um, yeah. And. You know, I think the media kind of blew it up too much and that upset the fans. And, you know, I think the criticism is warranted. But like when you're talking about Man City, besides the money, Martin, the only real criticism is the lack of fandom. Um, 
So I feel like I get it. If you're a fan of Man City, like you would be like, what the fuck? Don't point out like kind of our biggest flaw as a club. Because if you talk about winning, you can't you can't knock. I mean, besides like, um, I guess the Champions League. But if you're talking domestically, I mean, they're unstoppable. So I don't know. I just think it's just kind of funny, like all the memes of everyone being like, oh, this bald guy jumped me and he left this ticket in my wallet. Like, <laughs> like that shit kind of made me laugh. Um, but yeah, kind of weird. But the big thing I took away from this also from the Southampton match is like, I'm going to keep saying it week on week out. I said it last week on the the Leicester game when they barely scrape by with the one nil. Like you have all these players who can create all these chances. But if you don't have a, someone who can fucking finish Martin, this is what's going to happen. Oh yeah, and and I think that you know is a huge change in in fortune um, from last season where he was doing mad shit without strikers. Um, he was excelling. He was dominating without strikers. And I I I, I I'm not quite sure what the drop off is. I know that the introduction of Jackie Boy Jack Grealish has certainly changed a couple tactical things, but he is more similar to. Players like, uh, you know, whether it's Mahrez or Raheem Sterling than a striker himself. So it's kind of a like-for-like replacement. Kind of booted Phil Foden out of the role a bit. Um, But again, Phil Foden's not a natural striker. He's not a natural number 10. He kind of floats around, plays winger, plays plays that number 10 role. But, I mean, it's odd to see the the change in fortunes for Pep Guardiola's uh, tactics and sides uh, come this season. But... I mean, for every single Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, fucking the gay seagull fans out there, let's let's take a short trip back to the past when Pep Guardiola did the exact same bullshit in the beginning of the season last year, and we were all like, "Oh, Man City's out. Oh, they're done. Oh, oh we don't have to worry about them." And then come January, they come storming past everybody. He's figured out the plan. I mean, he's got three squads. They're all going to be fresh as fucking shit. And he's going to win the league again. I, I still have it locked in the books as Manchester City winning the league again. I, I think that Pep Guardiola has has perfected the slow burn. He'll, he'll start off slow. He'll experiment with a couple mm, of The Franz Kafka. Take off. Yes. Yes. The slow, slow burn. I like it. Yeah. I mean, again, like we were doing this last year. You know what happened? They won the fucking league. So um, I'm not here to doubt them right now like uh, a football analogy kansas city lost to the ravens do i still think they'll probably win the super bowl with uh patrick mahomes probably so uh you know i'm not gonna doubt a team that just hasn't been you know like tom brady how am i gonna doubt tom brady if he just keeps fucking winning um so i don't know that's all i got about that game and the whole pep tickets thing i think it was kind of just blown out proportion but i get it if i'm a man city fan it kind of like it's one of those one things you kind of if you stab at it, it's like, oh, that that, that stings. Stop it. Don't talk about Dude, it. Dude, I didn't even realize Manchester City fans were butthurt about Pep saying that. I thought yeah, they, the, all yeah, eight the supporters of them would be like, yeah, cool. We need more friends. No, no. The supporters group were really taking offense, but I think they were more upset because the media blew it too much out of proportion and kind of twisted his words around a bit. Um, so what did he say? I don't have the transcript in front of me, Martin. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I, I just remember when I was seeing it, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, kind of fair. Like, it's your first game back at Champions. Like, I understand you want more fans. And the media is like, Pep says Man City has zero fans. And of course, all the other top six were like, yes, Pep, nice. Digging your own club. This manager does not love you. Um, so I don't know. I just, and then the fans were like, what the fuck, Pep? And I don't know. I just, 
I just felt as though it was just, I, I think it's just kind of stupid and we can just move on from it. And I just, it, it's dumb. It's dumb, Martin. Um, let's do, okay. Liverpool beat the shit out of Crystal Palace. That was cool. Yeah, left it to light in the second half. I, I checked the scores at halftime. I was like, oh shit, Crystal is going to try again. Patrick Vieira might not be the worst coach of all time. And then this Liverpool squad, kind of similar to uh, what we were just talking about. I think this Liverpool squad is just going to get better and better the, the more time they play together. And and we've talked about it before. Uh, last year, I, I certainly think that they were fatigued. Um, this year, I thought they would be more fatigued, but, I mean, they look fresh. Uh, Sadio Mane got a goal. I mean, he was a poacher. He was a goal scorer, a goal getter two years ago, kind of slumped last season. And, I mean, he still seems uh, like he's one of the better wingers in the Prem. Obviously, Salah hasn't missed a beat. I mean, for all you idiots calling him a one-season wonder. Um, couldn't be me. Couldn't stat. be Martin. <laughs> it couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Um, um, oh, and um, Kieta yeah, had that, mean, fucking, that fucking worldie, that nice little screamer. He's due yeah, for this once hurt. in a while. Yeah, thank yeah. goodness. He's hurt, and old Jurgen Kloppo says that it's a minor injury, but you know, last year when he said that, he was out for three months. Um, I'm still confused what's going on in, in the Liverpool defense. I swear it's a different back four every single fucking game. But with that being said, Trent's a generational talent, so I don't doubt uh, Klopp. Oh, uh, you're referring to the post I put on the lads today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that pissed me right off. Um, okay, and again, like, I feel as though people don't realize I don't even agree with half the things I post on there. I just do it to, like, literally just see what people are I thinking. I know you don't. You know, I just have no... No, but people do. They go, like, oh, I can't believe a Liverpool fan posted this. Oh, I can't believe a Manchester United fan posted this. I'm like, dude, I'm a sad Arsenal fan. Stop it. Literally, please. I'm... I I stuck in the middle with you. I, I literally post... I shit post Arsenal weekly, daily. So I don't I don't play favorites, but it was a post saying that four generational talents were Mbappe, uh, Erling Holland, uh, Trent Alexander and Foden. Um, and most of the comments were just saying, fuck Trent. <laughs> oh, um, fuck Trent. Fuck Foden. I mean, the let's be honest, there doesn't have to be four. There doesn't have to be any generational talents, but there are two obvious ones. And it's Kylian Mbappe and Erling Holland. And that's. Those are two you can write down in stone and just leave it there. Stop with your own agenda. Yes. I, I think those two are in their own like S tier. And if we just Agreed. go, if we go down a tier, then we can start getting into like the Foden's, the Greenwoods, the Sokka's, the Trent's. I just no, think. We can't. God damn it. No, we can't. Trent doesn't know how to defend. Foden doesn't play. Greenwood is just now getting good. Sokka is the only one I'd include in that fucking second tier. Really, People I just wanted just you to say Sokka. You know, I, uh, I really just, I just really wanted to, wanted you to say Sokka. Cool. Okay. I, we Sokka can... is damn good. I mean, he plays for an. No, keep saying it. Team. No, this is this is great. No. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I this. mean, every other fucking player on that uh, list that we kind of just briefly mentioned plays for a top level team. And then you got Bakoyo Sokka pulling Arsenal by their bootstraps into 12th place or whatever you guys are right now. I mean, Sokka is certainly better uh, than Foden. Sokka is certainly better than Trent if you look at the context and the players he plays with. Uh, like I said, Foden actually has to play some games. He literally got his first minutes last, or I guess this past weekend. Uh, Trent 
I mean, we've known for two years he can't defend. Maybe if he was a midfielder, he'd be. I a think this year his talent. defense has been much better. I yeah, like. I guess you know for his fourth year in the Prem, <laughs> he's finally getting good at defense. Let's call him a generational talent. No, Jesus I, Christ. I, I rate I rate Trent really high. I I I do. I like Trent. He a does lot. have a high FIFA ranking. I, I will agree with that. Oh, dude! You know what I love? Uh, oh, wait, Martin, you're amazing. I forgot to mention I will be doing another FIFA giveaway. So if you haven't. <laughs> bought the new fifa don't i'm gonna do a contest uh i'll do it friday fuck it friday look out for our instagram at lads in, uh, fuck at lads instagram at lads podcast at lads podcast go follow us at lads instagram um <laughs> that's what i call it to normal people um they already follow it but if you don't follow it go follow it i'll be giving away fifa uh but i love this time of the year people getting pissed off about fifa ratings uh it's great and it's so stupid it's so meaningless and means absolutely nothing i love how worked up people get about it but i get worked up about it too so i love it, it means absolutely nothing like, dude, the I'm people still rocking FIFA 17. Dude, ooh. FIFA Why would 15, I buy no. a new game that has been made worse again and again and again for the past six years? FIFA 17 was the last half decent one. But but Martin, those sweat graphics. I need to see my players. They have so sweat graphics now? Dude, they players be looking sweaty once you get to like the 70th minute. They've been working Man. on those. Oof. Oof. All right, fuck. My mind has been changed. I got a half yeah. job thinking about some sweaty players. Okay, let's get in there. Let's get it. <laughs> um, anyway, um, that's all I got about Liverpool Crystal Palace. Um, Arsenal won. Hey, hey. The boys are back in town. The boys I'm are just, back. I mean, Martin Odegaard. Mwah. Mwah. What a goal. Um, signing of the summer. Um, <laughs> not Ronaldo. Um, oh, yeah. I'm just saying, give us the trophy now. We got momentum. We got momentum. Um I hey, think you guys won today, although it's the Carabao Cup. I mean, two wins on the fucking run. Let's fucking go. Arsenal is back. Arteta, uh, hey, masterclass. North London Derby this weekend, baby. This is the true Ooh. test. Dude, yeah. you guys will win that. You think? Oh, heck yeah, man. Fucking Tottenham's in shambles. You guys can win that. And uh, it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like Arsenal Ritz. versus Liverpool Derby. Uh, I'm sorry, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool. When when you have a North London derby, it does not matter at all what the standings are. It doesn't matter um, how each team is performing. It's kind of like a standalone game. It's a game based off of hate and rivalry. And that's what makes those types of games so amazing to watch because everything, all the context slides to the side. And it's just about those 90 minutes of football. So if, if you know, head to head right now, Arsenal has a lot of anger in them. They're off the rock with two W's. I mean, you let's make like it three, said, baby. Yeah, you guys got some serious talent uh, that is emerging from your ranks between ESR, um, uh, Bakoyo Saka. You got a new uh, defender from Germany, Tamano. I mean, shit is looking a little bit greener than it was four weeks ago. And Tottenham, I mean, shoot, yeah, they had that rock star start, but I mean, fuck, Kane is still dog shit. Let's be honest with ourselves. Um, and I don't think anybody else can pull the strings like Kane can for that Tottenham team. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I think it'll be a big test, uh, hot take, big test for both teams on Sunday. So uh, hot, hot, hot. Um, let's go to Aston Villa. Big win versus Everton, 3-0. Uh, Leon Bailey uh, comes on the 61st minute, uh, assists in the 69th minute. Nice. Scores in the 75th. 
and gets injured in the 82nd and leaves the game and gets man of the match award. So quite a day for our uh, great signing of the summer by Aston Villa. Um, and yeah, Everton got shit pumped. What's new? Yeah, I mean, shoot. Uh, I remember when Everton was like top six in the first three games of the season, kind of like they were last season. Um, I, and you mentioned that Martin Odegaard may be signing of the summer. Danny Ings, bro. Danny motherfucking Ings. Danny freaking Ings, I, dog. I, I, he got, uh, I think he got two assists this past weekend. Um, I, I know I was certainly convinced there was going to be a drop off in, in the creativity, um, when Jackie boy Grealish left, but, uh, between Dean Smith and, and the players that he has out on the field, I think that they have not, not really lost a step, um, in losing, uh, Jack Grealish. And I think Danny Ings was the absolutely perfect buy for them. I mean, what a man, what a ledge. He can yeah, create, I, I, he can score, he brings that mindset. I mean, fuck, Danny Ings, I know he's a Liverpool boy, but shit, what a legend. Also, I also love the last name Cash. I love Matty Cash. Matty! That's a sick last name and a sick-ass goal. So, Matty got yeah. him 12 points somehow. Somehow, so, somewhere. Villa takes the kazoo derby. Um, and shout out Brentford, the Buzz and Bees beating the Wolves. That was cool. You need, they even got a red card, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and they still held on, so... Good for Brentford. I feel bad for the Wolves, man. They looked so good in the first four games of the season, and they didn't win a single one. Obviously lost this past weekend to Brentford, the Buzz and Bees, and they are still sitting 20th oh, in I, the standings. I Bruno. think they won last week. Wolves won last week, didn't they? Did they beat Tottenham? Was that was that in the Prem? They beat Watford. That's who they beat. Watford. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Because I picked Watford to beat Yes. Um, oh, you're breaking up a little bit, Martin. Are you there? Uh, I'm just having a couple Freudian slips here, bro. Uh, but yeah, I am. Hi, Margaret. Can you hear me? Oh, I hear you. Yeah. Cool. We're back. We're back. Yes, 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 Martin. All right, ah. we're back, baby. Um, all right, let's move to Sunday games. Uh, this is where it gets a little juicy. Uh, we have Man U West Ham, Martin. Um, what did you make of this game? You obviously have the Ronaldo... Uh, sweet, sweet tap-in. Um, but you also have Jesse Lingard coming back to his former club, West Ham, and didn't celebrate in front of the fans, even though he was only there for six months, which is kind of weird. Um, but class act, Jesse Lingard, after that uh, horrible bass, pa- bass, bass pro shop, that back pass <laughs> um, during the Young Boys game, you know, already got his redemption arc, like, the next week. Yeah, I mean, I it was a nut of a game, man. I mean, there was mad action from the first to the last. Um, I think that Manchester City, I'm sorry, Manchester United could have put the game away at multiple opportunities. Bruno Fernandes came close a couple times. Um, Ronaldo, if he had a, another, you know, six inches of left leg, he could have put two past him. Um, but at the same time, West Ham threw their counterattack through. Um, <clears throat> sorry fucking beer stuck in my lungs <clears throat> uh west ham i mean they had many an opportunity to put manchester united away as well so i think this you know at the end of the day was a tale of miss missteps uh for both teams and yeah we won the game 2-1 uh ronnie got that first um and then oh shoot who scored for fucking uh west i ham? think it was ben rama it was because it took a massive deflection off of Veron. Um, which has happened twice now for Manchester United. 
You um, want the Veron slander, dude. He's so good. You want that Veron no, slander. No, Kevin, I, I, I've had the same mantra from the get-go. Harry Maguire's the fucking problem. Harry Maguire excels at looking his center back pair to be the absolute fool. He does it with uh, Victor Lindelof. He does it with uh, Veron. Harry Maguire's the damn problem. And I've told you this ever since we got Harry Maguire. He's a good defender. He's not a great defender. I would love to see the Lindelof and Veron pairing, that's a much more agile, much more intelligent pairing, I believe. And, you know, if you look at the game uh, against West Ham this past weekend, I mean, Harry Maguire, you know, stumbled over the ball and almost caused a, a West Ham goal. Um, oh, that was bad. He about, was dribbling in the back. I was like, what are you getting yeah, rid of it? Yeah, that was absolutely doing? ridiculous. Like, I almost shit a brick in front of the TV. Um, so, look, Ollie, hey, I'm calling out to the spirits for you. Start Lindelof and Veron together. Who knows? Who knows? It might be good. Um, but I know it will never happen because he's an idiot. Um, but what I want to talk about is there should have been, and I am not a new age penalty guy where I think every little fall in the penalty box is a, is a PK. Um, but there should have been two Manchester United penalties and Martin Atkinson can go suck his own cock if he can. Like, just force that man to slurp on his balls because he is a horrible referee. <laughs> um, and then oh, Mark man. Noble got himself uh, subbed onto the pitch. You know, circa Gareth Southgate in the Euros final um, subbed onto the pitch to take a penalty in the 93rd minute. And David De Gea saves a penalty for the first time since 2017. Oh, my God. Dave saves his back. And, you know, what is the game? I mean, first off, Mad shout out to my boy, David De Gea. Uh, I obviously do not think he should be our starting goalkeeper um, in the coming years. But, I mean, the dude has had an excellent start to this season. Awesome for him to save this penalty and, and save us the game itself. Uh, Mark Noble. <laughs> you fucking cunt. Oh, oh God, I my hate God. you, Mark Noble. Oh, it was Mark the Noble perfect. suck it was... all the dicks. I fucking uh... hate Mark Noble. I know. Um, I, I it was just so poetic to see like I, I felt like I was seeing deja vu, like you said, with Rashford and Sancho coming on for the Euros was, final. Dude. Seriously, um, like fucking West Ham hasn't even touched David the Moyes ball. Learned nothing. Hasn't even touched the ball. And this is like this guy's last season at the club. Club legend, uh Premier League legend. And I just feel as though uh what are we doing it was just like damn it david Moyes. it just reminds me of like andy reed when he used to take timeouts for the eagles <laughs> i was just like yes. what are we doing i was like what are we doing here um, why are we like this what are we doing um like anyone else literally anybody else on the pitch um but yeah i mean this game had, a, had so much drama it was cool um that was cool and pogba you know almost ron or tested a couple people after the match I mean, this this kind of like you said, I mean, Jesse Lingard getting the winner. I mean, he he tried not to celebrate. The West Ham fans were obviously pissed off. Um, and then, you know, Ronaldo and Paul Pogba shoving him towards the away fans to celebrate. Probably yeah. took him off over the edge. I, mean, I feel shoot. like he could have celebrated. I mean, he was there for a quick loan spell. I mean, I guess. I agree. I, I agree, get but... like he was I guess that like he was very vital for them to like get into Europe last year and like he was a great player. But like I I mean, he didn't he never signed there. He's just a loanee. Like, come on, six months. Like that's that's you can you can celebrate. I'll give you a pass. 
Yeah, Jesse, I mean, I get it, bro. That's very respectable, but shit, you just scored a beaut of a goal in the 89th minute to to get that W for Manchester United. The team that y'all that you have been playing for since Ronaldo was a U21. So, um celebrate, but at the end of the day, that's a W, baby. Um scrappy, ugly, and you know, those are the Ws that impress me most as a Manchester United fan out there if any other Manchester United fans are, are listening. I mean, this this game and, and the first game of our season, uh, sorry, second game of our season, where it's just a straight-up ugly game, but you grind out that result and you get that victory. You get those yes. three points. Those are the most important games of you know the 38-game season, and that's what City does so excellently. That's what Liverpool did so well a couple years back when they were the greatest team in the Premier League history. Um <laughs> so I, I, it gives me joy to see Manchester United get those shoddy, shoddy and shitty victories, even though it doesn't please you. It doesn't make the team looks, look good, but I mean, shit, bro. A win is a win. Three points is three points. This was definitely a game Manchester United would have lost in the past. And Agreed. I feel as though going away to London Stadium against a good West Ham side and getting away, coming away with three points when you know... Uh, this seems so this this title is going to come down to the fucking wire. At least now, these are the games you're going to look back at and be like, OK, thank God we won that one. Or if you lost mm-hmm. it, you would have been like, that was the difference. So that's three points. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, right. OK, let's move on to Chelsea Spurs. So Chelsea, once again, um, they're just so good. They have so much death. I didn't going into this like I saw some Tottenham supporters. I feel so bad like. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Like, they just have so many different players scoring. Thiago Silva, when you have Silva, Nogolo Conte, and Antonio Rudiger scoring against you, that sucks. Like, it's okay if you let Lukaku beat you or Havertz or Werner, who also missed another open goal. God damn. Like, it's every week, man. It's just every week. I know. And all the Chelsea fans, and even I was hyping myself up, like, oh, him and Lukaku, perfect pairing. Lukaku will do hold up play for him. Like, in my head, I'm like, nah, this kid is just something between the posts, man. I don't know what it is. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, what are you going to do when you have those guys scoring against you? Like, I get, like, if I was Spurs, like, all right, we let the other, you know, actual attacking force score against us. Like, that's. That's supposed to happen when you have these guys scoring against you, like who they usually only get like one or two goals a season. Like that sucks. So um, Spurs going into this, you know, not really any momentum at all. And like when Thiago Silva is playing like prime Thiago Silva, like it's ridiculous. And I really rate Silva so high still to this day. Like he's aged so well. And Rudiger, I've, I've been trying to talk this Rudiger into existence, but I think he's in the conversation of like top five uh, center backs in the league. Um, and I know they'll probably get a lot of pushback, but I really rate him very highly. So I don't know. Uh, what'd you make of the game? Yeah. I mean, uh, while you, Uh, but I, I think that all eyes have to be on Harry. All eyes on Harry. Um, because last year, Harry Kane would have made this game all about him. He would have created uh, passing lanes. He would have, you know, put, peppered the goal with shots. And, and the crazy shit is, I mean, Kepa asked for Loqueta. Uh, fuck. Uh, Kepa was in, in goal, and, and they were still unable to trouble him in the slightest. And, I mean, I talked... 
when the season was beginning and we didn't know if Harry Kane would play for Tottenham or not, I was of the mindset that Harry Kane would pull Le'Veon Bell and sit out for the season. And to be honest, so far, four games in, I think he's played three of them. Uh, five games in, I think he's played three of them. It looks like he's sitting out. It does not look like the Harry Kane we all know and hate or love. Uh, this is not the same Harry Kane. He has certainly taken his foot off the gas pedal. This whole Tottenham squad, for as high as their start was, I, I don't see any consistency in this squad. Um, certainly not over 38 uh, games. And, you know, the coach, Nuno Santos, he can do good. He can do very, very well. Uh, but if, if Tottenham wants to become a t- contender, I don't think this team nor coach is, is the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, Nuno did start hot. I mean, three games, three wins. But, like, is this what we all kind of predicted before the season started, what Tottenham would be? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they'll be mediocre. I I think I said they'd come in ninth place at the end of the season in our prediction podcast. And I I still think that holds true now, especially when you rack him up against the top six team. And and like you said, the likes of Rudiger, uh, Thiago Silva, and uh, Conte all score against you. And and to be fair, they were all from set pieces sub uh, Conte. But at the same time, those are not the players that should be scoring on you. Certainly not three in one game. So I, I think there is a whole lot of work to be done in Spurs. And, you know, we're going to see it in, in the North London Derby uh, next week. Uh, we've got a faltering Spurs against the rising Arsenal. And I mean, shit, I think all hell will break loose. Uh, I can't wait. So, um, yeah, pretty crazy, though. I forgot to mention this, that Liverpool and Chelsea have had the exact same results from all their matches. Pretty wild. Like, yeah, that's weird. And also, I think I saw the stat that Tuchel has more clean sheets than goals conceded. That's crazy. That's That's because he wins like 1-0 nine out of ten times. The dude's a fucking bore fest. I hate Thomas Tuchel. Dude, stop. They've won like 3-0 like twice already this season. Come on now. They put they put up goals. They're embarrassing. Thomas Tuchel's The champions of Europe are embarrassing. The champions of Europe fair, are embarrassing. Manchester City versus Chelsea was just about as exciting as Liverpool versus Tottenham. So It was I, definitely I better than Liverpool that. Liverpool as a winner, and I don't rate Chelsea as a winner. Uh, Martin. All right. The well, only true winner. There's 2008 and 1997. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Brighton beat Leicester. is also faltering. What the fuck, Leicester? What are you doing? Dude, they're getting behind the top four game before it can start, so they don't have anything. Yeah, I mean, and our gate here. Oh, sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying uh, uh, Lester has beaten the uh, top four curse out of their system before the end of the year, so they actually have a chance at finishing top four come the end of the year. Oh, they're just getting it out of their system. So they do it now. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the season, they'll actually turn up. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Brilliant by Brendan. Yeah, just brilliant by Brendan. Okay. Well, we got some big matches this weekend. I want to run through them real quick with you. We'll do our picks, and then uh, we'll do some fan questions. So we'll wrap up in the next 10 minutes. Does that sound good with you, Martin? Yeah, yeah. All right. Saturday, title contending match, Martin. Chelsea versus Man City at Stamford Bridge. 
Mm. This is tough. And if I'm being honest, I'm this, this smells draw all over it. Ah, uh, I was going to say that, but I caught slack for saying draw last time. So I was going to say a 2-1 Chelsea victory. Dude, Thomas Tuchel is all up in Pep's head. I'm right there with you. I'm saying 2-1 Chelsea as well. I think it's I, I do think it's going to be a boring ass game. Um, and it's going to be kind of similar to the Tottenham game where it's it's set pieces, corners, what have you. But I think Thomas Tuchel out peps the Pep. Mm. But does Pep but then I get into my own head like Pep right now. I'm like, oh, but Pep gets his revenge. You know what I mean? Like I I don't know, man. I'm if I think too I long think- about it. If I think too long about it, I think I got to go with my gut like you, like Chelsea feels right. Yeah, and I, I, I don't. Pep Guardiola, Manchester City, Pep Guardiola has beaten uh, Chelsea in the past two years. I know he hasn't beaten Manchester United in the past year and a half. And in, in the Premier League, not I'm not talking about in Red Bull or uh, Carabao Cup or FA Cup or any of that. But I, I don't think Chelsea has lost to Pep Guardiola in, in quite some time at this point, so I'm I'm edging it to uh, Chelsea. Okay, uh, Man U versus Aston Villa uh, at Old Trafford. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Man U uh, close two nil victory. It's it's two nil, but it's closer than you think. I'm going with. A uh, big draw. Manchester United has gotten lucky against Newcastle and West Ham, pulling out the W's. And uh, Aston Villa, I mean, I think they're a better team than Newcastle. I think they're just about as good of a team as West Ham. And, you know, everybody's luck runs out every once in a while. So I'm going with a, I'm going with a 1 1 draw. Mm. Okay. I, I, I can get behind that. That, you know, but is this the new Manchester United under Ronnie, though? Yeah, I bet you're... I would bet my fucking life savings that Ronnie gets a fucking goal and gets off at fucking McFred in the fucking backfield, lateral passing it to each other while nothing else has been done. So yeah, if Matic, definitely a draw. If McFred is on, definitely a draw, maybe a loss. But if there is one defensive midfielder then I'm going to call a Manchester United win. So, y'all got to be ready for, for Sunday morning when the lineups are released. If there is one center defensive midfielder, we're in the game. If there are two, it's a draw. Okay. You hear to hear first. All right. Uh, let's run through these. Everton-Norwich. Uh, Everton coming off a really bad loss to Villa. I feel like they beat the shit out of Norwich. Norwich is just bad, and I feel like it's at Goodison Park. It feels like you can lock in Everton for a win here. Yeah, I'll jump on that same Everton train there. All right, uh, Leeds versus West Ham. Uh, mm. It's it's at Ellen Road. Uh, I don't know. This is a pick 'em, really for me. I feel like this is a high scoring draw, like a two two or three three. Yeah, I'm right in the same mindset. This is like the perfect game for Leeds as well as for West Ham. Um, yeah, I'm going with a three three draw. But if I had to give the edge to one team over the other, picking a 3-2 win by David Moyes's. Mm, make up for the man you fuck up. No, uh, he beat us in the Carabao Cup, so he's already made up for that. Oh, already got the revenge in the Sports Drink League. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Damn right. Le- Leicester versus Burnley. Ooh, this is a barn burner. 
Um, it's at Leicester. I feel like this is the bounce back game for Leicester, and they kind of stomp on Burnley. Uh, I'm going to take the opposite uh, route just for shits and giggles, and this is uh, another match tossed into the flame. Uh, Burnley, 1-0. Okay. Uh, Watford-Newcastle. God, these are some... that that This this is the worst match of the weekend, hands down. Watford-Newcastle? Yeesh. Newcastle. By default. Steve Bruce. God, he's... He sucks. Uh, Poor Newcastle fan. Sorry to the tunes out there, man. God. Mike Ashley sucks so much dick. Um, Yeah. I I, I don't know. I want Newcastle to win because I I love seeing Maxim and I hate Watford. Um, Newcastle wins because I want them to win. (laughs) No analysis. I just want Newcastle to win. Boom. Lock it in. Um, Liverpool, Brentford at Brentford Community Stadium. I mean... As well as Brentford has been doing, I just think Liverpool comes in and kind of brings them back and humbles them a little bit. I'm I'm gonna say it's a it's a Liverpool win, but I don't think it's gonna be as easy as y'all think. Um, I'm going with Arsenal. Ah, fuck me. Uh, Liverpool one zero, and it's gonna be scored after the seventieth minute. Mm, okay, uh, Brentford frustrates them a little bit. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Part of the um, bus, making shit. Um. Okay. Uh. Southampton versus Wolves on Sunday, the morning game. Um. I want to say Wolves because, but they've now been kind of inconsistent, and but Southampton's been really consistent at just getting out draws. So I don't know. Uh. This is also kind of a toss pickup. Uh. A toss up kind of game. I guess I'll give it to the Wolves with this one. I'll say like a 2-1 victory. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to take the opposite side of things. I'm going to go Southampton. I mean, shit, they've picked up points against United and City. Um, Wolves, Bruno Lage, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about Bruno Lage. I don't know about the Wolves. I don't know what kind of team they are. Um, Raul Jimenez is back. I, I don't know if he's the same player, but I do know Manchester. Oh my God. What is wrong with me tonight? Calling all these teams, different names. Um, but I do know Southampton, you're gonna, you're gonna get what you get with Southampton. They, they kind of look the same every single game and it's, it kind of, you know, ends up as luck, whether they win or not. I'm going to go with Southampton by a mouse whisker. Mm, they do. Have some of our favorite players, Martin Shane Long, Theo Shane Walcott, motherfucking Long, greatest player ever. Che Adams, everyone loves Che Adams. <laughs> Danny Ings, R.I.P. Uh, James Ward Prowse, the free kick mm. master, the Messi of the Best Premier League, R.I.P. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right, the big game of the weekend, uh, Sunday, Arsenal versus Spurs. We already touched upon this. I'm picking Arsenal. I'm going with my heart. We have the momentum. Uh, but really, this game can go either way, too. But I'm going to pick Arsenal. I feel like it's a very close, uh, you know, probably going to be really gritty. So it's probably going to be either 1-0 or 2-1. Like, it's going to be by a goal. Uh, so I'm picking Arsenal. I feel like we got it in us. This will be a big... If we win this, this also gives Arteta a lot of breathing room. So I don't know if I love that. <laughs> this will extend Arteta. So I don't know. Either way, I lose, I guess. Uh, uh, Kev, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said. Arteta's got that ollie gene in, in him. 
whenever his job is on the line, goodness gracious, he turns into some peak Wenger years. Um, yeah, I, I got to say, this is going to be a gritty game. I think this is going to be a nasty game. This isn't going to be pretty football like Pep Guardiola. I love these North London derbies because they're some of the most violent football games out there. I remember the one we saw, I think it was back in like 2017 or 2018. It was just, I mean, it was, it was a mess on a football pitch and it was glorious. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say a gritty game, but yeah, I got to give the edge to Arsenal. I mean, that hunger is there in Arsenal. They may not be good, but they're, they're trying. And, and that says more than, uh, Tottenham's individual players at this point. Fair enough. Okay. Thanks, Martin. I, I'll need that vote of confidence on Sunday. Um, oh, I got you, boo-boo. Also, fuck Tottenham. Lads, it's Tottenham. Lads, it's Tottenham. Um, Crystal Palace, Brighton for Monday, and then we'll do some fan questions. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're picking Brighton. Brighton yeah, by a million. Seagulls all day. Okay. Um, fan questions. Let's run through these. Uh, Shub X... I can't... You put too many X's in your name. I'm sorry. Uh, he says, Bruno X Ronaldo or Lukaku X Mount. Um, I'm picking Bruno Ronaldo. Yeah, Even though, let's grow up a little bit here, guys. Let's pick two of the established best players in the Prem. The uh, Portuguese yeah, connection. Ronaldo. Yeah, and I, I I rate Lukaku and Mount very high, but like that's a weird partnership to pick. But I mean, yeah, you said in, in Chelsea, you you could have picked any other player other than uh, Lukaku, and I like Mount a lot. I think he's a great player, but I mean, shoot, I don't think he has a connection with Lukaku like. Bruno has with Ronaldo, but okay. Yeah, if you would have said like Son Kane, then I could see it maybe. But yeah, like, or or fucking uh, what's his Salah name? and Mane, or yeah, you know, I was gonna say Salah and Mane. Um. Anyway, next one comes from John Winowski, Jay Winsky, a former VMI oh, graduate. Shit. He says, "How many vertical? How many vertically oriented hot dogs can Kevin fit in his mouth at one time?" Oh, um, bring are these we, questions back, baby. Um. Okay, so if I have my head up like a turkey looking up, like drowning in water from rain, um, are we talking Can jumbo franks here? Jaw like a snake, Kevin. No, mm. I can't. That'd be really I useful. Meet a girl who can. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I feel like that'd be like some demonic shit. Like that. What's that horror movie? Oh, we Haunting of Deborah Logan. I just saw it in my head. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Think about that. Everyone, everyone do some homework. Go watch the final scene in the, <laughs> what is it again? Haunting of Deborah Logan. Yeah. Actually a solid horror flick. I like that. Great. Seven out of seven out of ten. You get movies reviews too here, guys. Um Chris Walker, uh C Walker 20 says, Sup, fellas. Sup. Uh, who do you think are the most realistic clubs to sign Holland? Um, probably Chelsea. Uh, probably Madrid. Man City. The big Bayern. Man City. I don't see Bayern. I feel like Holland wants to. I because I don't think unless they get him for some crazy deal like they always do. But Bayern don't spend that kind of money, you know. Um, yeah, you are right on that. You are right on that. Um, but maybe, but maybe they do it. I don't know. Um, I would say Man City one, and then probably Madrid two. But I know Chelsea. Yeah, right there. I know Chelsea was really going after him this summer, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it's going to come down to what kind of uh, yacht that Roman Abramovich gets, and if he can still afford Holland after that. I mean, uh, I don't think they need Holland anymore now that they've got Romelu Lukaku. I think the only two real teams that could use a world class striker are Real Madrid and uh, hey. Manchester City. 
Hey, Benzema's killing it. He did like sure. a back. Benzema is still, I mean, that's going to run out very soon. <laughs> but um, for now, he's absolutely crushing it. So I think Madrid might wait um, a little bit longer, but we'll see. Um, next is official baked memes asks, when did Spanish soccer fall? Was it when Ronaldo left or Messi? Mm. Ronaldo. If we're being would, honest, in terms of viewership and and like you know prize rights and everything like that, I mean, one of the greatest things used to be the uh, uh, Madrid and and Barcelona derby because it was uh, you know Ronaldo versus Messi at the end of the day, and you know once Ronaldo left, I don't think that hype was ever followed up ever again. Yeah, I don't think Spanish. So- I mean, Atletico Madrid still very good. Um, I mean, Villarreal with uh, Unai just won the Europa League. Uh, Atletico still very good. Um, I think Barcelona is trash, but Real Madrid still still solid. I don't know. I mentioned Sevilla earlier. Very solid. I don't think Spanish. I mean, it sucks when the two best players ever of this generation and might be ever to play leave your league. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's going to hurt you, but. I don't think Spanish soccer. I mean, if we're going to do like best leagues in the world right now, I would I would put Premier League one and then two through four. You can make an argument, I think, for any of them. I think I'd probably put Syria over La Liga right now and um, and then probably La Liga, then Bundesliga. I mean, does that sound fair? I don't know. No, I think that that's about right uh, for me as well. I think the biggest competition is coming out. At least four team competition is coming out of Serie A rather than La Liga right now. Um, it, it just makes me super, 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 super happy that uh, the Portuguese league is now ranked above the French league. So I mean, come so on, I can have fun playing in a true <laughs> farmers league now, Messi. League Uber Eats, Martin. Please say it right. Um, okay. Uh, last question comes from Pana Genetics. He says, what CDM is Man United interested in? Can they get him in January? Martin, do you have the insider scoop? Who are you getting? Declan Rice? All right. I think I said this uh, two or three podcasts ago. Manchester United has been linked with 90 different midfielders since the start of this year. Half of those are probably just to boost their own transfer profile. The other half is probably just about bullshit. The only center defensive midfielder that I am truly interested in that I think that, that can elevate our game in a similar way that uh, Bruno Fernandes elevated Manchester United's game is Joshua Kimmich. Um, yeah, there's Rabio out there. Yeah, there's Marco Verratti out there. But let's be honest. In the Prem, it's a whole different horse. It's a whole different ball game. If you think Adrian Rabiot is going to come in here and his mom is going to throw tantrums and he's going to get the starting job immediately, yeah, fucking, I got another story to tell you. Uh, Marco Verratti, one of the I, I, one of my favorite Italians to play in the past five, ten years. Um, if you think he can come in here and and you know perform just like Antonio Conte is doing, I, I I'm sorry, Angolo Conte, I, I got a horse to sell you in the desert. Um, I, I do not think that there are a lot of options out there. You've got Wilf and Didi, you've got uh, Basuma, you've got Declan Rice, and yeah, all these players are doing great on their respective teams. But I don't think people consider or even talk about the Manchester United pedigree 
the second they pull on that jersey, it's a whole different level of pressure. We saw it in the famous, infamous number seven shirt um, with uh, Di Maria, with uh, fucking what's his idiotic name, Alexis Sanchez. Um, it, sometimes that pressure is just too much to, to perform. So for all these, you know, FIFA stars coming coming out and saying, yeah, you guys should get him because he's an 87 on FIFA. I mean, let's be freaking honest. Scott McTominay has proven that he might have what it does. Matic is old as shit and should not be playing, but he can still hold his own. Fred can, nah, fuck, Fred's awful. Um, but I'm saying pull from within. Maybe get Declan Rice if you want to go for it because the dude seems like he has the quality to, you know, at least handle the pressures. He's 22 years old. He's been talked about having a move to Chelsea or Manchester United for the past three years, and he's still excelling on both his club and national team. Uh, Wilf and Didi, I think, is another one that uh, we should consider. But uh, Kimmich is the only freaking answer right now. He is the only one, I think, in this world that can hold up to the expectations of the Prem and Manchester United specifically. Bayern is never letting him go, Martin. I know. I, I'm, I'm that aware is... this is a fever dream, but God damn it, let me have that 101 fever. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, I feel like Declan Rice is definitely my pick. I, I rate Declan very highly. I like him a lot. Um, I also like, uh, what's his name? Phillips on Leeds. He's nice. Kelvin. Kelvin yeah. Phillips, yeah. He's good too, but I, I think mean, he'd shit. fit nicely in, especially with all the Englishmen there now. Yeah. I think that Kelvin is a player that you have to have another center uh, defensive mid with. He's more of a Scott McTominay than a standalone like Joshua Kimmich or uh, uh, Vess uh, Basuma or Wilf and Didi. I think Declan Rice even is a straight up standalone, but then again, he has uh, Suchek, you know, doubling back just about every fucking run. And so, yeah, I, I don't think there is a right option out there. Um, I'm of the mindset, trust Scott McSauce with that fucking single center defensive mid position. Trust Scott. Do it. Do it, Ollie. Do it. Uh, well, well, we'll have to wait and see. But hey, guys, that was our pod for the week. Um, everyone, please enjoy. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some great fall weather. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Stay tuned for the FIFA giveaway. Please, people DM me and remind me to do that. And, uh, yeah, make sure to follow us on all our social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and we're coming out with some new merch eventually once my friend Gabby finishes the design she's been working on for the past month. But <laughs> um, I got to also text her. God damn it. Okay. We love you guys, and we'll catch you next week. I'll be your dream. I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope. I'll be your love. Be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new beginning. A reason for living, a deeper meaning. I wanna stand with you on the mountain. I wanna bathe with you in the sea.